0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of Paul Martin's new Friday morning moment. Today, we are going to bring you the first in a new interview series that we're starting and we're calling this series, Paul Martin's Crucial Conversations. And today we could not be having a more crucial conversation. And today we have with us Brianne Johnson from Lincoln Reimbursement Solutions. LRS is located in Chicago, Illinois, the great city of Chicago. And Brianna spent a lot, much of her career, in outpatient physical therapy operations, going way back to really when she was in college. And so it's only natural that Brianna started the company, Lincoln Reimbursement Solutions. And what LRS does is it helps companies to get a handle, and to get right on the side of reimbursement and compliance, which are two huge, huge factors to your success. And so I would like to welcome Breanne, and I want to thank you, Breanne, for joining us
1: today. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, Breanne, let's jump right in. Um, You know, I feel like Covid, 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 <laughs> and so I hate <laughs> starting another interview with Covid. But I'm going to have to say, with the impact of Covid, what are you seeing? Practices are going to have to make in terms of long-term changes going forward.
1: Yeah. So I think that you know, Covid really woke us up um, in more ways than one. You know, obviously our personal lives and our family lives. Um, professional, um, I think more more so just my experience in the PT industry, everybody kind of went back to the basics. Um, you know, everybody, you know, you know, we established contracts with insurances in 1990. And I'm going to, I'm going to look at those again right now, because, because <laughs> you know, I haven't had a new rate increase. And, and what even did I agree to back then? Um, so I, I've seen a lot of people really exploring their insurance contracts and trying to renegotiate that rate. Um, you know, we we've Just as an industry, been really um, tracking our outcomes. So, so that's really pivotal information to have to bring back to insurances to say, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting these patients better in five visits. Industry averages ten. So, um, looking at those insurance contracts is definitely the first thing that I've seen um, providers really, really taking a look at. Um, The next thing is paying more attention to that AR. You know, as things kind of slowed down, that accounts receivable the money that um, you're owed for the work that you guys have already provided. Um, and it's just sitting there, you know, really trying to get to know what's outstanding and what's out there. Um, also, you know, evals right now are our gold and we've always treated them that way. But I think now so more than ever, um, looking at your evaluation conversion ratio and keeping a really good eye on that, um, you know, like what is my front desk person saying when somebody wants to cancel because they don't, Think it's it's safe to come to the clinic, um, which obviously brings me to telehealth and how are we, um, you know, adapting to that and has your clinic taken that and seen it as an advantage for how to get more patients in the door, um, but really just just streamlining your operations in general, going back to the basics um, and paying attention to the, the your billing and coding usage. Um, I think in the long term are things that. And just this past year, we taught us to really go back and take a look at, you know, these things that we paid so much attention to when we started the business um, and just kind of let them get away from us.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, such a great point. And, and I think that, you know, sometimes when we have a crisis like this, we all believe we need to come up with something new and different. And Brianne makes such a great point in that we got back to, hey, let's take a look at our contracts. You know, let's make sure we're collecting every bit of accounts receivable that we possibly can to survive. And then third, you know, that focus on getting new patients in the door, um, just such three crucial things for any physical therapy business, especially having gone through COVID and now moving into the future. Um, so Brian, you also brought up telehealth. And so my question for you is, is telehealth here to stay? And if so, are there any suggestions that you have on how a business, a physical therapy business can best incorporate it into a business's long-term plans?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I think we, we spoke about this before, Paul, and, and it's just, it's fluid, right? And it, it's changing every day and, and providers are confused and, and they're, they're kind of staying away from it. They're not really promoting it because it is so fluid. And it's like, what am I allowed to do? What am I not allowed to do? Is it is it temporary? Is it permanent? Um, but as of now, CMS did finalize um, to include PT, OT, and speech therapists um, for to provide that 97 series code that PTs are used to billing um, and OTs are used to billing during the public health emergency. So um, that currently right now is temporary. Um, They they didn't say that it's going to last throughout the year. They just said for the um, remainder of the public health emergency um, that we can bill those codes. The final rule that CMS um, released in January did not have the um, 97530 code and a couple other codes um, on there that we expected to see. However, um, in my experience, they have still been reimbursing them. I I believe, we believe as the industry, they kind of just left them out. But so that 97 series code set that we're used to billing can be billed currently right now um, in telehealth visits. Um, But we do interpret that, you know, after the public health emergency ends that 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 piece will go away as of now. Um, What what is permanent though is those G codes that um, Medicare released that G2250, G2251, um, just basically to, to furnish an assessment and manage your patient, just like kind of a virtual check-in, a remote check-in. Um, so those two codes, as of now, are, are permanent and here to stay. Reimbursement on them it is less than less than we'd like to see. Um, it's around ten to thirteen dollars on those codes. Um, so so that's not. I mean, it's a win for our industry, but but not really what what we wanted to see on on the permanent basis. Sure,
0: sure. So, so, so it's, a it's a start. It's a start, yes, absolutely. It's in there. It, there. Yeah, absolutely. In there. And, and you, know, you know, to our audience, <laughs> you, you know, Brienne brought up such a great point in that she said, CMS probably just forgot to add it in. <laughs> I would love to see for orthopedic surgeons if a code that they use just forgot to get added in with CMS. You know, we as an industry, we grow stronger and stronger. We have got to get to a strength where CMS doesn't just forget something, forget a certain code that we use. Um, So again, we just have to continue to band together to build strength in our industry. So another big topic, NCCI. Uh, So on October 1st, the NCCI edits came out. Um, how will you see that that will impact the industry going forward, Brianne?
1: Yeah, so on the reimbursement and billing side, um, we have definitely noticed a pretty big impact on those codes. Um, and, and basically the, the major thing is is more codes, more coding pairs are requiring the use of that 59 modifier. So it's a little bit more cumbersome on providers to document you know, these codes are were performed separate and distinct, um, to make sure that that modifier is attached to those codes. And then also on, on the billing side, and to, to make sure that those codes actually get paid as if they were delivered separate and distinct. Um, you know, typically in insurances, they kind of just uh, as we're used to kind of just like dust it under the rug and say it's a contractual adjustment, because it's a bundled code. And you know, we, we need to be savvy enough to know better that no, we, we documented and, and we treated the patient, not that these codes were bundled, they, they were actually delivered as separate codes. So we need to get paid as um, their, their separate codes. So with those October 1st NCCI edits, more coding pairs are, are affected um, by that rationale of needing more documentation and, and going through additional level of appeals if they're not paid the way that we documented them. Um, and, and honestly, I have seen so many practices even before this October 1st um, update that that stay away from codes that require those modifiers. Um, and that's usually the most um, common code is that 97530 code, which pays the highest, um, but typically requires a modifier with the other services that you're rendering on that date of service. Um, and practices are, are a little bit nervous about that because, you know, we might get a denial or, or like... You know, that's going to delay my DSO um, and, and denials are okay. And, and, you know, yeah, your DSO might go up a little bit because you'll have some claims caught up in appeals, but your revenue per visit is is going to be higher. Um, so so not straying away because of the impact of, you know, more modifiers required, more documentation required, because you're delivering that service anyway, but you just, we just need to continue to fight to, to get paid the way that, you know, we intended to deliver the service. Yeah.
0: Yeah, such a great point because, you know, and, and back to our audience, you know, as therapists, we provide skilled care and that 97530 is a skilled service that we are providing to our patients. So by simply saying we don't want to go through the administrative headache of having to bill it, maybe it gets denied, we have to put the modifier, we have to train our therapist to bill it appropriately, is simply giving up, not just on your reimbursement, which you you deserve to have and you've worked for and um, that your therapists have worked for, but it really goes back to the industry and what we all believe in as we provide skilled care to patients that need us. And so I think Brianne brings up a great point in that we have to fight for this. We have to continue to fight hard for billing for our skilled services and getting reimbursed for them appropriately. So I got up on a little bit of a soapbox there, Brianne. Sorry about that, but it was just such a great opportunity. And you also seem so passionate about that. You know, generally, Brianne, as you look at practices that you've worked with um, as well as, you know, kind of out in the industry, what are you seeing are some of the best strategies to make sure that as a practice, you are billing appropriately and fairly for your practice? And, you know, sometimes the combination of those two things become extremely complicated appropriately but fairly for your practice what are some of the strategies that you guys recommend um, to companies that you work with
1: yeah so so right off the bat and the easy thing to do um, is to have a really smart emr and software system and and really one that's dedicated to your specialty and knows your specialty so if we're talking physical therapy you know one that that really does know the physical therapy industry and stays up to date on the cci edits and, and so that those things become automated in the um the emr system and so you're not having to worry about you know all these new rules and new coding pairs and new modifiers um, because your emr system really knows your industry and makes those updates for you um, and then one that you're able to just really customized to on the front end according to your to your state. Um, so like the correct setup of your payers, the payer rules, you know, is does this payer follow AMA, CMS guidelines, um, you know, those those CCI edits, are those, are they, is that payer following that? And set that up in your payer settings from the beginning so that it really does take that load off of your therapist to to try and remember what CO2 code codes needs a modifier or like, oh, is this the total time rule or is this the rule of AIDS or, or what am I following here? And your EMR really kind of leads them on those rules because, I mean, it, it's it's too much for, for our therapist who's, who's worried about the patient sitting in front of them um, to, to worry about all the, the specific and intricacies of every single pair. Um, so, so I think that that is absolutely the, the number one thing. Um, obviously, you know, education on, on proper code billing and coding as well. Like what codes are they really delivering and what codes are they billing um, is a thing that we really, really focus on um, because usually to your point, Paul, you know, we're, therapists are delivering a skilled service. And for some reason in, in our industry, we we don't give ourselves credit for, for what we are, the care that we're delivering. Sure. Um, so, you know, revenue per, revenue per visits, um, and just cuts across the board. This is something that is really important for us to to not lose sight of.
0: Yeah, t- two really good points. And and so you know what I heard, and I hope all you've heard as well, is that you know yes, we do a lot of teaching, educating, training of our therapists in order to make sure that they're billing appropriately and fairly for the the services that they're providing. But what I heard from Brianne is that start with the system. Make sure the system is doing everything that it possibly can to make sure that your therapists are billing appropriately. So start with the system first, then build in training education, and that will give you the best result in the end. I think that, that was a really, really good point. So we are all worried and concerned about the Medicare cut and while maybe it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be you know do you guys have strategies that if you look at a company and you see the cuts that Medicare is going to make and you look at you know how they're billing Medicare currently etc that a company can actually maintain a consistent level of reimbursement going forward for Medicare or is it simply the cuts there, they're going to they're, they're, they're get paid less? Are there strategies that they can kind of stay whole in all this?
1: Yeah, and I mean, to, to kind of go back to our, our first um, topic here is like, let's go back to the basics and, um, you know, reviewing and my, when I come in and, and analyze, like do revenue cycle analysis or whatever it may be, our first thing is we don't want to, put any more weight on a therapist. And and that's probably how all the practice owners feel as well. Like these therapists are under enough scrutiny, but like, what can we do to not necessarily change what they're doing, but just, um, and and not like add more on their shoulders, but necessarily just how, how can we take what they're doing today and just make it a little bit better for the practice. And one thing that I have seen really across the board in every single practice that I've worked with is therapists documenting, um, that they're providing, you know, a functional activity or, or the skilled care, and they continue to bill the 971.0. And just, you know, because that that's what they're used to billing. So really going back to like code definitions and what you're documenting, and does what you're documenting match the code that you're choosing. Um, and most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, the answer is no. Um, because, you know they're not real. they don't know code definitions and in in pt there's five that we need to know and, and we really bill um and just determining the difference between those i mean the, the difference between 97110 97530 is is 20 in a, in a unit uh, i mean it's a large difference and more often than not the therapist is documenting that they're performing a functional activity but they're not giving themselves credit for it. And that's where I see that we can really, um, you know, this, this cut is horrible and it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. Um, it's still, it's, it doesn't feel great though, after this year that we've been through. Um, but, but that's really what I think is that educating our therapists on code definitions, not necessarily changing their treatment style or changing what they do with the patient, but really just matching up um, the care they're already delivering to the correct um, CPT code to bill. Yeah, yeah, I,
0: and I think your point is so well taken in that, you know, therapists, because they get so busy, they get into, you know, what I think you're describing as coding habits. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, therapists tend to be conservative. They're caregivers, they're not business people They're they're caregivers, and so they tend to, you know, believe that they're staying on the patient side when they're billing codes that are reimbursed at at a lower rate while they don't realize what they're really doing is they're not billing fairly for the practice and for the work that they are providing. So I think that's a really, really good point.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I... I think that too, like in in this industry, I think we, we just need to continue to to advocate for ourselves. And um, to your point earlier, you know, they, they are, we are caregivers, therapists are caregivers. uh, And, you know, we're, we're, our biggest concern is getting the patient better. Um, And that is absolutely, you know, the purpose for us, but, but we need to really think about um, long-term effects of keeping these practices alive, um, because, you know, smaller practices right now are really struggling. I mean, practices across the board are really struggling. So I think everybody just needs to, to get back to the basics and, you know, look at those insurance contracts. Advocate for yourself for those insurance contracts. It sounds terrible to, to call Aetna or Blue Cross Blue Shield and do that, but but it's absolutely worth it. And um, I just think the message overall in the industry as a whole and for your own practice is just to to continue to advocate for yourself. And, and you know, we are providing great care and we are necessary and essential. Um, and we, we all need to know that and work like that together. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, look, Brienne has provided us with some really valuable information this morning. And what I would like to do is below, we have provided all of Brienne's contact information. So if you would like to contact her, contact her directly. If you want to have any other conversation about this episode, feel free to contact me. I can put you in touch with Brienne. But again, I feel like this morning we have really been given some valuable, valuable information on how we can stay whole with the Medicare cut as well as continue to provide telehealth moving forward. And I loved Brianne's concept of back to the basics and just continuing to drive that home with your staff. Um, So, thank you all for joining us today. And Breanne, thank you so much. This has been so informative um, and educational. And again, I really thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks so much, Paul. Thanks for having me. All
0: right, take care. You Bye-bye.